Well, let's turn to Psalm 91. Last week was part one, if you were here. Um, I would encourage you to listen to the teaching if you weren't here, um, and uh, so you won't miss out on a, a, you won't be lost today. You'll, you'll miss out if you weren't here last week, but you won't be lost today. Um, but turn to Psalm 91. We, we focused a lot of time last week on um, the secret place of the Most High. Um, this week, we're going to hone in on verses 11 through 13. So um, let's read those. Uh, and we have a few slides on those that we'll have up in just a moment. Um, but, or you can, you can look in your Bible, but here on the slide I'm looking at the New American Standard Bible, um, starting at verse 10. Psalm 91, verse 10. I might have put them in the wrong folder. There we go. Awesome. I was the one that put him in the folder, so I can't guarantee that I did it right. But apparently I did, praise the Lord. So <laughs> thank you, Danny, bro. Um, okay, so um, I want y'all to read this with me because when we read the word of God, we release the power of God, okay? So let us begin from verse, uh, this is starting um, at verse uh, verse 9. Thank you very much, which I have circled right in my Bible. Um, verse 9, let's go. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you would not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. We'll stop there. So um, that's what we're going to focus on today. Before I really dive into it, um, I want to recommend a couple of resources. I mentioned one last week, uh, The Prayer of Protection by Joseph Prince, and he just unpacks every single verse of Psalm 91. And I think it's an incredible book, and it's an incredible message for the body of Christ today, uh, living fearlessly in dangerous times. And then also, I've recently picked up this one, Angels on Assignment by Roland Buck. So this guy, uh, he was uh, ministering decades ago, and he had a number of angelic visitations that he records in this book, and he talks about messages that he received from those angels. Um, so, uh, and the, one of the main reasons I want to make this known to you is because on the front cover, it has Psalm 91, verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all thy ways. So I was like, hey, let's get this book on the body. Um, so Psalm 91, we read it, um, but I just want to say again briefly that this psalm is so important for the body today. Jesus said that we would hear of wars and rumors of wars, of famines, pestilence, disease, earthquakes, natural disasters, all types of negative events going on in the world, but his key exhortation to his disciples was do not be troubled. Do not be troubled. See, when these things begin to happen, when we read the news, we hear a lot of the bad news. We hear a lot of the negative. Some have happened in this past week. 
um, ISIS is, is striking again. And, and we read that, and fear can sometimes start to grip our hearts. But what do we do? Do we ignore the bad news? No, we don't do that. But what we, what we do is we proclaim the word of the Lord over our hearts, over our lives, over our families, and we intercede on behalf of those that have suffered um, from the trouble that has already happened. So um, we want to be, as the church, a light in the darkness. We want to proclaim good news in the midst of bad news. Amen. So, last week we focused on the secret place. Today, the angels that he gives charge over us. I want to pray again. Father in heaven, I thank you for the word of the Lord. I ask for living understanding right now. I ask that you would breathe on our hearts, God. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit would come upon us and you would release living understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. So two goals today is to really talk about how God protects us with angels. Um, so we're going to be talking about the angelic ministry. Um, so in my goal in doing that is to give us that uh, understanding of how God partners with angels in protecting us, um, but also to give us to shed some light on, on a biblical foundation understanding of how we as the saints are to partner with these angels. Um, so open your hearts to Revelation and uh, let's, let's go. Verse 11, once again, says he will give his angels charge concerning you. What is an angel? May sound like an obvious question. An angel is a messenger. That word in Greek, angelos, um, means messenger. Sometimes in the Bible, it actually refers to a human being. John the Baptist was sent as a messenger to prepare the way of the Lord. Um, but most often in the Bible, it refers to a heavenly being that was created before humanity. Genesis 1, God made the heavens and God made the earth. And he said, let us make man in our image. Job 38 says that when God was creating the universe, that the morning stars sang for joy. So the angels were present at the creation of the, of the earthly realm. And, and not only were they present, but they were singing, they were praising the Lord as all of this was happening. Um, the angels in the Bible, these heavenly messengers, interact on a number of occasions, on a number of occasions with humanity. I'm going to give us a few examples in both the Old Testament and the New Testament and throughout to just try to pepper in a few stories of because God's still ministering through angels to his body today. Amen. So um, Old Testament, again, I mentioned angels are present at creation. Abraham has a visitation of three angels, one of them being the angel of the Lord. And he has a conversation with them and they're warning him and, and talking to him about the plans of the Lord. Um, and, and, the fascinating thing is that Abraham sits down and has a meal with these guys. Um, and we see that a couple of times elsewhere in the Bible. Um, angels interacting with um, humanity. Angels um, were uh, um, sent to Lot, his cousin, to pull him out of the disaster coming on Sodom and Gomorrah. So the angels came and warned Abraham, disaster is coming, disaster is coming. And Abraham is concerned for his cousin, but God had a protective plan over Abraham's loved ones. And it was an angel that came and brought Lot into a safe place. And I mean, Lot was kind of stubborn in this situation. 
the angel wanted to take Lot somewhere, <laughs> and Lot wanted to go a different direction. And, and at some points, the angel conceded, but at other points, the angel is saying, Lot, I'm going to have to grab you, and this is where we're going, or you're going to die. So, um, so angels were, are important, and they brought protection in the Old Testament. Um, there are angels in the New Testament. Jesus himself was ministered to by angels. He was ministered to by angels in the wilderness as he stood up against the accusations and the temptations, rather, of Satan. That he said as, as that 40 days of fasting and prayer were ended and he's been tested by Satan, that angels came to minister to Jesus. So I believe that if Jesus, the eternal Son of God in the flesh, needed the, the ministry of angels in his earthly life, um, I believe that we as the saints all the more, we need these heavenly beings, these heavenly messengers to come and minister on our behalf. In fact, in Hebrews it says that God has sent his angels to minister for those who inherit salvation. This is good news. The book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. One of my favorite books in the New Testament, in the whole Bible. Uh, one, uh, a few years ago, I went through the book of Acts, and I just decided to, to go through and to chart all of the supernatural activity and phenomena that happens in the book of Acts. And I'm telling you, it's happening from the very beginning. First of all, they get a visitation from Jesus, and they see him ascending on the cloud in heaven. I mean, if that's not supernatural phenomena, I don't know what is. Um, and then in Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes, and I believe that angels were involved in this matter. It says that tongues of fire and that the sound of rushing wind came. The Bible tells us in Psalm 103, and in uh, Psalm 104, I apologize, Psalm 104, and then Hebrews, that he makes his messengers winds and his, uh, and his, and his ministers flames of fire. And I believe that there were these messengers of wind and fire in Acts chapter 2. And you go throughout and you see these angels continuing. An angel came to Peter while he was in prison, strikes him, <laughs> beats him to wake him up, wake up. <laughs> and he delivers him out of the dungeon, out of the prison, and brings him back to his friends. Um, so that's, that's a, um, a pretty intense angelic encounter. And it's so, so much of a swirl is happening to Peter that he actually thinks he's in some kind of vision. But in, in, and then he, he comes out of, the, out of the prison. He's like, whoa, that must have been real. The angel actually woke me up. I'm not in a dream. Um, anyone had any experiences like that? The ministry of the angelic was um, so common in the New Testament, or at least they were aware of it to a degree, that when Peter returns from prison and is knocking on the door, the intercessors that are crying out, God, deliver Peter from prison. Lord, bring him back. Lord, this is a minister of the gospel. And then knocking on the door. And their prayer has been answered. And they're continuing to cry out. The, the persons, the, the servant girls, like, oh, hey, it's Peter. They're like, no, it's got to be his angel. Lord, deliver Peter, the real Peter, the real Peter, not his heavenly messenger, the real Peter. And then they open, like, oh, gosh, our God actually answers prayers. This is awesome. Um, so it wasn't a messenger. It wasn't Peter's angel at the door. It was Peter who had been delivered by the angel from the prison so he could come back and knock on the door and interrupt the prayer meeting. So, if God interrupts your prayer by answering it, stop <laughs> and acknowledge that he's answered the prayer. <laughs> uh, 
Sometimes in the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, um, angels do things that are pretty intense. Um, there is an angel of the Lord that struck Herod dead in the book of Acts because he was receiving praise from men and refused to glorify the Lord. There was an angel of death, a messenger of death that came as Israel was coming out of Egypt. And that's why they put the blood over the doorposts because an angel of death went to strike the enemies of Israel. Angels throughout the book of Revelation are partnering with Jesus in releasing the 21 judgments of Revelation on the Antichrist kingdom and his worshipers. Angels are deeply involved in God's ministry on earth. So, what the reason I'm talking about this is because, A, to open up our understanding and our awareness of angels, but also to start getting a picture of, hey, these guys are on our side. This is pretty good news. Um, when, when we go into battle, when we go into a time of trouble or danger, it helps so much to know the forces of heaven that are with us. Amen? And it strengthens us, and it gives us courage. Second Kings chapter 6. Elisha, he was a follower of Elijah and received a double portion of his ministry, that Elisha is so in tune with the voice of the Lord that, um, that the kings of, that are against Israel are, that the, 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 the prophet Elijah is receiving the plans and strategies of these enemy kings, and he's delivering these messages to the kings of Israel. And, and these enemy kings are so upset, they think that someone has betrayed them. Uh, they think that there's been a traitor that's delivering messages to the king of Israel, and they say, look, it's not us, it's that prophet Elisha who tells the king of Israel what you whisper in your bedroom. Just like, Lord, give us a prophetic anointing that we can hear what Kim Jong-un is whispering in his bedroom so that we can release these plans and these strategies and that the governmental officials of America would know how to act in this situation. We cry out for salvation. We cry out for deliverance for this man. And for many, any person with, with nuclear power that probably shouldn't have it, um, um, which is probably a lot of us, let's just be honest, um, but... <laughs> We want a prophetic anointing where we can hear and we can release the wisdom of God. Anyway, Elisha, the king of Aram, is so angry that Elisha can hear this clearly from the Lord that he sends not one, not two, not a band, but an army to come and find this guy. And Elisha's servant sees the army coming up the hills, freaks out, is like, what's going on here? They're about to kill us all. There's two of us and, you know, however many of them. It doesn't mention the exact number, but a lot for the servant to be really concerned um, and enough for the Bible to use the word army. And um, Elisha is just tell telling him, don't worry because those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Those that are with us, us two little guys that worship Adonai, 
There are more with us than there are with them. And he prays, God, open this man's eyes. And in the servant's eyes are open and an entire army of angels, chariots of fire are seen. And it's like, okay, now we know who's on our side. And, and so when we, when we talk about it, some of us may have seen these things, some of us may not. But what I'm telling you is that we've got more on our side than the enemy does. Okay, so when the demonic principalities are raging in the nations, that the people of God can confidently say there are more that are with us than that are with them. That God sends more angels on behalf of his people than he does, than there are demons and there are uh, um, armies of men on, on the enemy's side. Um, and so we, we get this, we look, we read the news and we see, oh gosh, this looks intense. What's going to come? How's this going to affect this place or this place or my home? And we go back, get in the word of God and we say, God, thank you that there are more that are with us than there are that are with them. And God, thank you that your word says you will give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. So these angels are pretty important. One angel that ministered in response to the cry of King Hezekiah. He's a pretty bad dude, a good dude, but, um, you know, bad in the good sense. Um, the angel, not Hezekiah, um, but Hezekiah too. He was a cool guy. So Assyrian armies are coming against Jerusalem, and Hezekiah is crying out to the Lord for help. And... and and the Lord assures Hezekiah that this is going to be okay. Don't listen to his taunts. Don't listen to his intimidation. And one angel, one angel, one angel kills 185,000 Assyrians in one night. So these men go to sleep, ready to wake up and invade Judah, invade Jerusalem, and they wake up dead. Because one angel one angel. There are more that are with us. And by more, not only more number, but more in strength. There are more that are with us than that are with them. One third of the angels fell. Two thirds remained with the Lord. These angels in the, in Psalms, they protect us against physical attacks from people, but also from demonic attacks from the enemy. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, verse 13, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Now, could this be talking about a physical lion and cobra? Absolutely. Absolutely. Daniel is in the lion's den, and not one of the lions comes and touches him. Why does that, why is that? Perhaps Psalm 91 promise came in and, and God is being faithful to his word to say, I will send my angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Paul, when he's ministering, he's bitten by a snake and this snake poison has no power over him whatsoever. Why? Because he gave his angels charge over Paul to keep him in all of his ways. Jesus said, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, over all the power, over all the power of the evil one, and nothing, 
nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means injure you. So we can go in with confidence. When God sends us somewhere, when God sends us into a dangerous place, when God sends us through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil because we have the God of hosts, the God of the angel armies, and the armies of the angels that are, where, that are there with us wherever the Lord sends us. Now, I want to be clear. We don't just go running into certain territories assuming that, that, you know, we have the word of the Lord on something. If, but if God sends us somewhere, whether that's in the workplace, and you're like, man, all these, all my coworkers are demonized, um, which is probably true for a lot of you. Uh, you can go in knowing there's more that are with me than are for them, not so they fall down dead, but there's angels ministering for me that when I pray, that when I stand and be a light for Jesus, that when I pray for them, that when I minister to them, that angels are ministering for me to them. And I've got an angel army that's backing me up here. If God sends us into, uh, in, in, into the, the territories of the Middle East that, that are, or that are um, controlled or by ISIS, that if God sends you there by the word of the Lord, again, we don't go out presumptuously, but if God sends us by the word of the Lord, we go out knowing he is with me and the angel armies are with me. So how do we engage with these angels? So what if these angels are supposed to be protecting me. What, what's my part? What am I supposed to do? Um, and, and this is more of a question I hear in, um, in a circle like ours where we're charismatic and there's intercession and people are regularly seeing angels, um, which I think is awesome. And, um, and they're, they're, they're encountering these things. How do I partner with them to, uh, to, uh, for protection or for ministry? Um, and I don't have time to go into all of this today. Um, but the, the first way that we can assure the covering and the protection of the angels of God on us is because you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come to your tent, for he will send his angels charge concerning you. Those two verses this, uh, are directly connected, that as we abide in the secret place, the shelter of the Most High, he overshadows us with his wings, his personal wings, but also the wings and the ministry of the angelic hosts. That is absolutely foundational. Um, secondly, which is very related, um, how do we ensure and partner with the angels that God's sending us, fearing the Lord? How do I know that angels are going to protect me? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And I believe fear, uh, the fear of the Lord, we could do a whole message on this, but it refers to worship it is what, what we're doing right now. We're singing out the praises of the Lord. We're offering our hearts. We're offering our love. We're offering our time. We're offering our obedience to the Lord. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. That he sends his angels, he gives them charge concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. So as we worship the Lord, as we walk out a life of love and obedience to Jesus, he will send his angels charge over us. Um, thirdly, speaking out the word of God. Speaking out the word of God. That when we release the promises of God vocally, which we can do with music or without music, um, I think it's 
really powerful to do it with music. The Psalms are set to music. So Psalm 91 is originally set to music. They sang this Psalm. They didn't stand up in church and read it. They stood up in the temple and they, they sang it. Um, and um, when we worship and declare the goodness of God, the character of God, and the promises of God, the angel armies are present. The angel armies surround us. Biblical example, Second Chronicles 20. That is, again, Israel is, uh, Judah is being invaded. And King Jehoshaphat is saying, what do we do? And the Lord says, put the worshipers out, clothe them in full garments and tell them to sing. And they sang a song. The Lord is good and his mercy, his loving kindness endures forever. So they're singing who God is. He's good. And they're singing his promises, his mercy, his loving kindness is everlasting. And as they worshiped, as they praised the Lord, the armies of the, the enemy armies turned against one another. Now, there isn't a specific reference to angels there, but I believe it's absolutely connected. That God said, no, evil will befall you. Why? Because he's going to give his angels charge over you to guard you in all of your ways. Um, I had some friends in, uh, live in Lebanon, and during 2006, the Hezbollah war is, is breaking out. Is, Hezbollah is firing missiles in Israel. Israel's fire, firing missiles back and, um, and I have friends that live in the town that was uh, one of the towns that were being bombed. And um, as those bombs are falling, um, they're running across the street. And as they're running, as, as uh, my friend's mom and her friend are running, um, they, as they're about to cross the street, suddenly they appear on the opposite end of the street. And where they would have been, had that not happened, a missile hit within moments they would have been completely destroyed by that missile. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I'm saying, come on, Lord. Come on, as the missiles are falling, as the missiles are flying, I want to listen to that angel. I want to listen to the voice of the Lord saying, here's where I want you to go. But even, if I'm, I, even as I go about my ways, is, he keeps me in all my ways. I'm walking out loving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, fearing the Lord, not perfectly, but I've set my heart to do it. And he's sending angels charge over us to deliver us. It's good news, amen? Um, just a more casual story. My stepdad recently, um, well, recently, a few years ago, was standing on top of a truck, and he is about to fall over. Um, he's starting to fall down, and if he had, he was, concrete was right beneath him. Um, but, so if he would have fallen down, he would have totally injured himself in a, in a very significant way. He said after that experience that he physically felt something holding his back and keeping him from falling. And he said, there is no way that I should have not fallen. And he was actually shaken up from that experience <laughs> because he's just like, I don't know what happened, but all I know is I felt a hand and I should have fallen and I didn't. He will send his angels. He will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all of your ways. Now, something I think is important, we could do a, a, a session on, in the future on just an angelic visitations. Um, right now, I'm talking about in terms of God protecting us from danger, from God protecting us from trouble. Um, here's, a, here's something I think is worth saying, especially, um, again, in a charismatic community where people are seeing and having angelic visitations and are praying and are seeing these things in the spirit and, and are, are learning how to interact um, I want to say to you right now, as the saints of God, we as saints are not, we are not to worship, 
We're not to pray to, and we're not to command angels. We are not to worship, we're not to pray to, we're not to command angels. The first two are pretty obvious. Um, in the Bible, John tries to worship the angel um, that's showing him all the events of Revelation. The angel says, no, don't do that. I'm one of your fellow servants among your brethren of the prophets. Um, worship the Lord. Um, so, so most people agree on that. Praying to angels, um, I think most, same thing. Worship and prayer, um, same, same, same deal. Different traditions of Christianity um, would differ with me on that. But um, I, am, I am telling you what I believe the Bible is telling us to do. Commanding angels. Um, this, is, this is an interesting subject. Um, because why am I saying that we are not to command angels? First and foremost, I really don't see a scriptural example for it. The closest example I see to it in the Bible is in Psalm 103, where he's saying, bless the Lord, you his angels who are excellent in strength and who heed the voice of the Lord. Um, so in a sense, okay, is he commanding? But never in the Bible is, are the people of God praying and crying out um, to angels. Psalm 91 says, he, God, God, will give his angels charge concerning you. God will command the angels to guard you in all your ways. Well, what do I do? I abide in the secret place of the Most High. I dwell in the shelter of the Lord. I worship the Lord. I fear the Lord. I proclaim the word of the Lord. And he gives his angels charge. He commands them on my behalf. Daniel, when he was crying out in intercession for Israel, an angel comes and visits him and says, I heard you on the first day of your prayer, I was sent. An angel was sent by God as Daniel prayed and addressed his prayer to God. And at no other point did Daniel reconfigure his prayer life to start saying, oh yeah, that angel that came and ministered to me, you know, would you come back? It was, his, he continued giving his prayers and his worship um, to the Lord. Now, in the Bible, when people would see angels, they would interact with them. They would talk to them. They would ask them questions. Some people had a meal with them. And so there is an interaction that is totally permissible um, as the angel appears to us. Um, but on a general um, uh, way to relate to the angels. We're not to worship them. We're not to pray to them and we're not to command them. Um, Roland Buck gives, gives a great example or a great uh, description of this. This man physically saw with his naked eye angelic messengers visit him on a number of occasions. Um, thought he was going crazy. Began to release these angelic messages um, to, to, uh, that, and, and saw a lot of people get saved and saw a confirmation that these were truly from the Lord. And he, what I respect about this man is he really didn't want to step out of line from the word of God. Um, and, um, and Colossians warns about this. People that are so focused on visions and even the worship of angels that they don't get back to the basic gospel truths. And, and when you read this book and you read the messages that he received in, um, from the angels, the vast majority of them are absolutely centered on the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And they're giving, and he even says in this book that the angels aren't giving us new scripture to write. They are opening our eyes to scripture that's been there all of this time. And he explicitly says, we are not to worship, pray to, or command angels. Chapter 13, check it out.
So, so what do we do with this? We abide in the Lord. We worship the Lord. And when we worship God, when we fear God, and we proclaim the promises of God through word and through song, we can be confident that he is giving his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. So let's stand. Father, I thank you for Psalm 91. I thank you for the angels that you send to us to minister for us, to minister to us. God, I thank you for your protection, for the shadow of your wings. I thank you that each person in here who is in Christ is in that secret place of the Most High. That, Lord, you have seated us in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, where there's a great company of angels ministering to the Lord. And God, I thank you that it was, as we go out in our ways that you have angels that are keeping guard over us. That Lord, that are protecting us from natural disasters, that are protecting us from accidents, that are protecting us on the road, that are protecting our children on college campuses, that are protecting our, our, our loved ones um, who may be in certain parts of the world where there's danger. Lord, I thank you that you're protecting the people of God across the earth right now. I pray for an increased awareness of the presence of God in this ministry of angels, Lord, that guards us and keeps us in a way that would give us confidence, Abba, that would give us confidence to walk where you tell us to walk and to not be in fear. Lord, would you deliver us in this room right now from all fear of trouble? I ask for the peace of God to come over us right now. Just open your hearts. I believe the Lord wants to receive, uh, uh, impart his peace over us right now. This peace doesn't mean that we don't pray when we read of events. This peace doesn't mean that, um, that we don't feel that initial sense of fear. This peace means I'm going to minister this to you now, the Lord is saying, and this is what I want you to come back into the moment that fear comes back on. So Lord, I thank you. You're the God of peace right now. Come and minister your peace, Abba, over each one of us right now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Do not be afraid. Do not be troubled. Father, come minister peace regarding what's happening in our world. Minister peace now, what's happening in individual circumstances, Abba. I thank you for the peace of God. And we agree with your promise, Romans 15, that the God of peace would soon crush Satan under your feet. So I thank you, Lord, that the feet of the saints, walking in the peace of God, walking even in the God of peace, will trample on the lion and the cobra and will crush Satan under their own feet. In Jesus' name.